Evening, everyone. Uh, I didn't help Troy, did I, by going to Romans in between the series about Romans and next week's series. So, but we are in Psalm 91, and it's a standalone sermon, not the end of the last series, not the beginning of the next standalone. Let me pray for us as we begin. Uh, Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you have revealed yourself to us by it. Uh, help us now uh, to come to it humbly to listen to what you have to say and to be encouraged and spurred on to live for you. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Uh, who here has been swooped by a magpie? I have multiple times. It is absolutely terrifying. Uh, growing up, my mates and I, we would willingly take on local magpies, but there was this one pretty infamous magpie. We got to the top of its street and we pedaled down it on our bikes, lightning fast. And for a moment, there was no sign of the magpie. Maybe we won. Maybe we scared it off. But no, bang, I was hit in the back of the head by the magpie. I could feel the flap of its wings on my ears. And in fear, I swerved trying to escape it. I hit the gutter face first into the grass. And the magpie still swooping me. And so I crawled under the nearest Honda CRV that was parked in the, in the side. <laughs> I definitely lost that battle, my mates abandoned me, and the magpie showed itself to be a ferocious and defend, a great defender of his baby birds. Well, in the psalm today, the psalmist invites us to take refuge, not under a Honda CRV, but under the wings of the Lord. There is no safer place. He defends us like a magpie with his birds, his baby birds. And so he invites us to find refuge in the shadows of the wings of the Lord. Three parts to our psalm today. The first part, the, the psalmist introduces himself. The second part, he tells us about his experience of the Lord's refuge. And the third part, the Lord himself takes the mic and, tells, and confirms everything he has said. The part one, the psalmist's introduction. I know the Lord, verses one and two. In just two verses, the psalmist speaks about God in six ways. Look down with me. The first one, he says, as, the one, as he is the one who lives under the protection of the Most High. The Most High is a, an Old Testament title given uh, by God to his people. He is supreme over everything, as we heard in our Colossians, as we read to each other in our Colossians reading. Uh, he is supreme over everything and everyone. There is always a bigger fish in the sea until you come to the Most High. There is no higher court to appeal to than the Most High. There is no greater and more powerful person to be protected by, to find refuge in. And this is who protects the psalmist. Or secondly, he is the one who dwells in the shadow of the Almighty a name God gives to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob way back in the beginning of Israel. The Almighty has been with his people. He has spoken to his people. He has blessed them from the very beginning. He has always led them and spoken to them. But you can't be in the shadow of a mountain while standing on its summit. No, you have to come humbly and lowly into the shadow of the Most High, of the Almighty God. Number three, he says, I will say to the Lord, all caps, not yelling, but this is how our English Bibles capture the name of the Lord, Yahweh. So he's not yelling at us at this point, but he is 
relating God back to how he revealed himself to his people. God was the redeemer, the rescuer of his people from slavery in Egypt. And his name, Yahweh, was meant to, or is, the way he related himself to his people. The psalmist knows God as Yahweh, the one who speaks and promises and acts, the one who redeems and rescues his people. Number four and five, he speaks of the Lord. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, the safe place of the psalmist. When under attack from all around, where do you run? Where do you retreat to? Well, the psalmist, he runs to God. There is no safer place. There is no stronger refuge. There is no better defended fortress. And finally, number six, my God in whom I trust. The psalmist knows God as his own. He does not turn to idols or the strength of those around him or the wisdom of the world. He does not trust in his intellect or his wallet or his possessions or in the things he has built and formed by his own hands. No, his trust is in his God. How is it that you know the Lord? Do you know many facts and figures about him? Do you know all the things he speaks about, all the books of the Bible? Do you know the Ten Commandments? Do you know the Lord's Prayer? Many people can learn those things. But do you intimately know him? Is he your fortress? Is he your refuge? Is he your God? There is no other. There is no one higher. There is no God more mighty than he. Well, the psalmist says, I know him the Most High, the Almighty, Yahweh, the Lord, my refuge, my fortress, and my God. So let me tell you about him. Now we have to take people's reviews with a pinch of salt, don't we? The person that says Melbourne is better than Sydney, but has only experienced Melbourne through TikTok, you're not really going to listen to them, and they're probably wrong. But... The person who has lived in Melbourne and lived in Sydney for many years and it comes over to you and says, Sydney is far better than Melbourne. Well, they're right and you can listen to them. They've got the experience behind them. Well, the psalmist, he knows the Lord. We don't need much salt to take his review. His credibility is up there and so we should listen to what he has to say in the next part of the psalm. So the psalmist's experience safe under the wings of the Lord. The psalmist, he paints a beautiful picture of a parent bird protecting his babies under his wings. And, he ta- and we have to take the perspective of a baby bird here, okay? Look down with me at verse 3. He, God, he himself will deliver you from the hunter's net, from the destructive plague. He will cover you with his feathers. You will take refuge under his wings. His faithfulness will be a protective shield. You will not fear the terror of the night, the arrow that flies by day, the plague that stalks in darkness, or the pestilence that ravages at noon. Though a thousand fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, the pestilence will not reach you. You will only see it with your eyes and witness the punishment of the wicked. A baby bird has much to be afraid of. They're unable to defend themselves. They're weak, they're helpless, they're vulnerable. They can't fly away. They are constantly under threat. 
Here the psalmist captures these threats, doesn't he? There is the, the specific threat of the hunter who deliberately and carefully seeks you out to capture you, to harm you. But then there's also the general threat, the destructive plague that sweeps across the land without distinction. But also there's no time of reprieve, no time to rest for the baby bird. Like in a David Attenborough documentary, when night falls and all the cameras switch to night vision, out of nowhere the predators, the terror of the night creeps in to hunt down the weak, the helpless, the vulnerable. But as day breaks, look down, verse 5, the arrow flies, the hunter is out and he is firing at you. But even then, as the day reaches its peak and the hunter retreats inside, the, the pestilence, well, that just continues to ravage all day and all night. There is no time of refuge, no time of peace. And lastly, the scale, the danger of, and the harm is enormous. 1,000 fall at your side, 10,000 at your right. There is nowhere to hide. There is nowhere to go. It surrounds you like a telegraph pole in a field of wheat, like an ark in the middle of a flood, like Jerusalem under siege and surrounded by the Assyrian army. There is nowhere to hide, nowhere to find refuge. Yet... The psalmist, he finds refuge in the shadow of the Almighty. God will gather you under his wings. He will cover you with his feathers, in verse 4. He is a gentle and caring protector of his children. Look at the end of verse 4 with me. His faithfulness will be a protective shield. These threats are great, these threats are constant, but the Lord will not abandon you. He is faithful to the end. He will not run and hide from the danger. He is forever faithful. And as you peek through from under the feathers of the Lord, you will witness what is at the end for everyone who does not find refuge under his wings. There is truly no safer space, no better place to seek refuge, to run to. God is our safe space. He's like the magpie that proved me weak and cowardly. Uh, he proved it as I hid under the Honda. Well, he just landed next to the Honda and then walked under and kept attacking me. So I had to leg it out from the side whilst under attack. To this very day, I'm actually still cautious about, around magpies. I was, I was walking with my one-year-old son who's just started walking the other day and Having written this, all the, the fears came back. The, a magpie landed on the sidewalk next to me, and I had to stand in between them because that magpie was up, for some, up to something. He was looking at my son the wrong way. Well, the psalmist, he describes God not as a magpie, <laughs> but as a bird who protects and covers and is faithful to the end. The psalmist brings us, though, into his experience in verse 9. Because you have made the Lord my refuge, the Most High, your dwelling place. No harm will come to you. No plague will come near your tent. He tells us that as you make the Lord your refuge, 
as you make the most high your dwelling place. You will be safe from all harm. What a wonderful promise that is. The psalmist's experience of finding refuge in the Lord is beautiful and strong. There is no safer space than to be in the shadow of the wings of the Almighty God. So find refuge there. The psalmist tells us, of an, paints us an irresistible picture of refuge in the Lord. Do you know the Lord as the psalmist does? Is the Lord your safe space? We protest, though, here, don't we, at his promise? Because people who do know the Lord, we still face harm. We still hurt. The original readers here, they faced exile and ruin and destruction, the end of their nation. And so the psalmist cries in Psalm 90, verse 13, look with me, Lord, how long turn and have compassion on your servants? But also for us, we look at this broken world. Generally, we see famine and war and plague and natural disasters. There is pain, but we come closer to home and we experience our own suffering, our own hurt. We suffer our own ill health or our loved ones get sick. We are lonely or we are anxious, constantly worried about our future. The reality is we live in a broken world where the pain feels constant and it feels specific to us. It feels relentless. We jump out, we get over one hurdle and there's just another one to come. We get through the one brick wall and then another one is put up. And so we cry with the rest of God's people through history. We cry with our brothers and sisters around us, how long, O Lord? How long? Well, the Lord answers. He doesn't give us a timeline. But if the psalmist's experience of God as the faithful protector and defender and comforter isn't enough, well, the Lord takes the mic in our final part of the psalm. And he promises that he is the best place of refuge. So the Lord speaks. Look down with me, verse 14. <clears throat> because he, the psalmist, because he is lovingly devoted to me, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls out to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and give him honor. I will satisfy him with a long life and show him my salvation. The original readers of the psalm in the midst of suffering and exile and pain, God speaks and he promises to rescue them, to bring them, to show them his salvation. Just as he did for them in the Exodus, he will do again. And they should know that God comes through on what he says. He has done repeatedly in their past. But we can't hide away from the pain and the trouble of the time in which we live now. For the one lovingly devoted to the Lord, though, the one who takes refuge in God, notice what the psalmist says in verse 15. I will be with him in trouble. 
The Lord promises to stay by our side through the pain and through the trouble. In fact, as we look to Jesus and the life he lived, we see that the Son of God became man. He doesn't stay in an ivory tower or a luxurious palace. No, he takes the form of a servant. And with nowhere to lay his head, he faces the pain of this broken world, the same pain that we have to face. He faced hunger and loss. He experienced what we experience head on daily. But supremely, as we look at Jesus on the cross, we see the Lord Jesus Christ suffering in our place. He takes the punishment we deserve so that we can come to him in faith and repentance so that we, as wicked sinners, who do not deserve to come under the wings of the Lord, can. And so we only find refuge in the Lord because of what Jesus has done. He opens the way by his blood into the fortress and refuge that is him. We look at Jesus and we see the fulfillment of all these promises the Lord makes. The Lord Jesus, the Son of God, he is our deliverer. He is our protector. He is our rescuer. He is our interceder who answers us as he stands at the right hand of the Father. And he is our salvation. He will not abandon us. His faithfulness is our shield. Only because of what he has done on the cross can we find refuge in him. But for now, the Lord Jesus, he never promises a life free from pain. In fact, he says pain and suffering must come until the day when everything is made new, where there will be no more tears, no more crying, no more pain or suffering. And so knowing the Lord Jesus now, finding refuge in him, we can say with Paul, I consider everything garbage compared to knowing the Lord. We say with Paul, the sufferings of the present time are not worth comparing with the glory of the future glorious day that will be revealed to us. And we can be sure of that future glory because we have seen it in the resurrected Lord Jesus. We have seen that he has won it at the cross and we are sealed by the Holy Spirit for that day. But until that future glorious day, where will we turn for our refuge. What makes us feel safe and secure? Where do we retreat to? Where do we find our refuge? We often turn to the things of this world, don't we? We seek peace in the quiet and calmness of nature, meditation and mindfulness. We long to travel and just get away from the pain for a little bit as we daydream and we look for the next best deal at Flight Center. We get through each hard and painful day knowing that once we get home, we can escape online, endlessly scrolling and searching. Is it opening your bank app and seeing that you still have money that makes you feel safe? Or is it giving yourself over to alcohol or gambling or something else, letting them protect you from the pain of this world? In these, there is temporary and fleeting comfort and satisfaction, but they do not last. They do not satisfy. They do not provide any safety or protection or real refuge. When I was being swooped by the magpie, I chose the wrong spot. I would much rather have been the baby bird being defended by the magpie. That thing was ferocious and strong refuge. 
And so we can confidently say with Paul, who can separate us from the love of Christ? Can affliction or anguish or persecution, famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No, in all these things, we are more than victorious through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of Christ, the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. The Lord Jesus Christ is our strong and mighty fortress, the place to retreat to. He loves us and cares for us. Being found in Jesus, we can come to God. We can call to him and know we will be answered. He is not absent We hear him as he speaks to us in his word. He dwells in us by the Holy Spirit. If you know him, you can be sure you are safe and secure under his wings. He has gathered you in and covered you with his feathers. There is no safer place than the Lord Jesus. Why would you seek refuge anywhere else? Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for sending your Son, that we can come to you knowing that you hear us, that you are with us, that you comfort us, and that because of what your Son has done for us on the cross, we can find salvation. Thank you that he and you are a great place of refuge and strength for us to retreat to. Help us not to look for the things of this world, but look to you as our first port of coal and seeking refuge from the pain of this world. We praise you for that, and we thank you for that. In your son's name we pray. Amen.